gentleman who joins us now here for his weekly spot here on the block ESPN radio, Eric Dungy, back with us here. Mr. Dungy, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Starting to get hyped up, man. Saturday took a little air out of the sale, but there's just a big time college football atmosphere in the air heading into this game on Saturday night. And I wanted to get your perspective on that, Eric, as a player. Like when you played those big games, go back to two years ago, number two team in the country coming to town, and we all knew what happened when you guys got on the field, but the buildup and and trying to avoid what's a little bit more buzz than usual for a football game. How did you handle that? Yeah, I mean, it's Definitely uh, tough to ignore. You always try to treat it like a normal game, but the fact of the matter is you got the number two team, or at the time with the number two team coming to your house, and now it's the number one team defending champs. And, you know, the week leading up to it, the practices are just a little different. Um, everyone's a little more focused, a little more sharp, just because, you know, um, you're playing against the best and you raise up to the competition. Um, so at this point, I mean, I always loved it playing against these top dogs because you got nothing to lose and you can take them off the top. But um, I, I hope the team still has the same mindset. and They just want to go after them. You have said this before, Eric, and Coach has said this, and it's a perspective you got to have when you're playing. You don't want the highs to be high and the lows to be too low. But mm-hmm. this week's a little different with – homecoming, the team coming in, the atmosphere around the game. So how do you kind of fuel the highs? How do you use that to your advantage? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of, I mean, personally, I would take last week as motivation. Um, a lot of people are just starting to count you out again, and uh, I think the team's got to realize that and just kind of prove people wrong. It's kind of that mindset you got to have. It's really just, you know, us against the world. That's kind of how it was last year, and it was just us, um, me and my teammates and our coaches, and that's kind of how we went about things, and we had a very successful season. I, so I don't think they can lose hindsight of that. So as long as they're just focused on each other and focused on being the best that they can be and playing as one, then I think they'll have a successful season and a successful game against Clemson. Eric, I know we're, we're getting away from that. You discussed it on the post-game show a little bit here, but, boy, when I think about Saturday, I, frankly, I'm still stunned that they lost a football game like that. What was your reaction as, as that was happening and, and the points were piling up on the Maryland side? Yeah, I mean, it just looked like two different teams to me. Offensively, it's still, you know, a little sloppy, even though they put up 20 points but at the same time. You know, you got to put up a lot more than 20 if you're going to want to win these games, especially to help the defense out. And then defense has got to help out the offense. Um, you can't give up 63. You know, um, coach always said, you know, try to keep them under 30. If they're, you score under 30, the offense is meant to score, you know, 40 or 50. So it's just one of those things. You guys got to work together. And I think once offense and defense get on the same page, then they're going to be tough to stop. And especially with the special teams, um, you know, you can see what Sean Riley can do, especially as a dangerous punt returner, kick returner. I think you're going to see one or two of those taken back this year. Eric, uh, Coach Babers mentioned that the Sunday afterwards was a very honest, very detailed, blow-by-blow film session of that loss to Maryland. You've been in those film sessions after mm-hmm. some powerful losses. Has to be a, uh, That's what humble pie tastes like, right? What's it like to be in a meeting like that, to, to make those corrections and to make sure that the, the next week does not go as bad as the previous week did? Oh, they're huge. Um, you know, you watch every single play of the whole team. You know, the staff's in there. Everybody's in there. The chefs, everybody. So if you messed up, you know your play's coming. Um, you know, coach is going to call you out. And it's one of those things that you got to hold everybody accountable. And he's not only calling out players, he's calling out coaches as well. So it's a big thing. And, um, you know, humble pie, that's what it's going to taste like. But I think that's one of the reasons for success. You know, we have those meetings after a big loss, and then we come back the next week and we have a great game and, you know, remain, remain the season successful. The offensive line, you mentioned it, still kind of trying to find their way. Sam Heckle is still kind of a question mark at this point. And 
What we've seen, Eric, is the you know the difference we're starting to see, and you heard Coach Babers mention it. You know, I think with you, the play was always alive. There was the opportunity to always make something out of nothing, run for a positive gain, even if the defense was bearing down on you. Tommy can do that. He's just not as apt to do that. So that adjustment continues there. What's what's the process for him to maybe accept that sometimes you can run out of trouble, sometimes you can use your feet to, to make a positive play, or is he really honed in and, and trying to kind of formulate his own image and do things his way with this offense? You know what? That's a great question, but I'm not in the mind of Tommy. Um, I can't speak for what he does. Personally, I can speak on what I do and what I did, but um, I think he wanted to be a pocket passer, and that's what Coach wants. So I'm not sure what he's telling him, what Coach is telling Tommy, or what Tommy's thinking, but um, they got a lot of playmakers who can make plays. So the running backs can run the ball, receivers can catch the ball, and Tommy can throw the ball. You know, Coach always said that's, that's your job, do your job. So. Eric, last week it was interesting, and uh, you know teams copy each other. They watch film, as you know. It looked like Maryland was running kind of a too high safety, really trying to shut down that running game, basically saying, you want to run the football, we'll be here waiting for you. Do you anticipate Clemson and other teams to, to take that approach and, and, and kind of dare Tommy to run the football a little bit? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson kind of just went man-to-man um, and just say, our athletes are better than your athletes, load the box. Make them throw the ball, get Tommy uncomfortable. They're going to see. They're going to try to force Tommy to be uncomfortable, force him out of the pocket because that's what he hasn't shown um, this season. But I think Tommy just got to step up to the pressure and you know show that he can make some plays with his legs when it's taken. Get down, protect yourself. Coach always said he said it great there. You got to start the season with the quarterback you uh, or end the season with the quarterback you started with. So as long as he's being smart, protecting himself, but taking what the defense gives him, I think they can be successful. Eric, when you were in the room the past couple of years getting ready for Clemson. What were you watching? What was that preparation like? What was what was the plan and the approach going into those games? You know, I'd always just look at the the cornerbacks because I mean, for the most part, they they play a lot of man. Um, I mean, Coach Vanderbilt has got a great defense. Uh, he's always mixing stuff up, but for the most part, I was just looking at the DBs, the safeties, and just kind of seeing how they move, seeing some tendencies that they have, seeing if guys can't react to the back shoulder throw, or if they, you know, we can get you know, working a slant on them or something like that. I was just trying to find something weak in their game um, with each specific person that I could really attack. Because, you know, everyone's got a flaw. I mean, Clemson's got a lot of great players, five, four and five stars, but at the end of the day, they got something that they need to work on and need to improve on. So you got to attack that, attack their flaw. Uh, but it's tough, like I said, when you're playing against a team like this because they get recruit some of the best players in the nation. So finding those can be very difficult. The last three years, I think we focused on Clemson getting knocked out. You unfortunately had that experience, though, a couple years ago, Eric. In 2016, it was Kelly Bryant. In 2017, it was Trevor Lawrence last year. It just speaks to how physical this series has been. And football's a physical game, we know this. But I think Syracuse has had a lot of success winning the line of scrimmage the last two years mm-hmm. against this team. It's, it's been amazing to watch. So I think that would shoot to the top of the list if they're going to pull off a win in this game as well. Yeah, it's huge. You just got to rise up to the occasion. And um, I think that Syracuse, especially the, the D-line, I'm sure Allen is itching to get out there and prove himself as, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the, the nation. And I'm sure the O-line has something to prove, too, that, you know, they're uh, not what people are saying they are and that they can work together. And I think, you know, it's still game three. It's still early in the season. But, you know, they got some injuries and missing pieces, but they just got to mesh together and work as one. Eric, looking back on those Clemson games, this is former Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy joining us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Let's go back to that 2017 game 
What were the moments as things were going? And we know the big third down conversion late in the game to seal it. But as that game was happening and your confidence is building and you're staying in this thing, take me back on the field in those moments when you're going back to the huddle, you're going to the sideline, you're like, look, we're in this, we got this, we got a shot to knock these guys down. Yeah, it was just one of those things where the game kept going on. I mean, from the very first time, I knew that you know we were going to win that game. It was just a confidence booster, especially. Um, it was just like, all right, we can play with these guys. We just moved the ball with ease with these, down with these guys. I mean, they had a great defensive line, great linebacker core, and great secondary. But at the end of the day, we were, I mean, just kind of giving more effort when it came down to it. I don't think they took us too serious, and uh, we, we made them pay for that. Um, and it was still one of the greatest times and one of the greatest memories I have, but it was just kind of an ease in my head, like, okay, no matter what we do, we got this. Just take care of the ball, execute our plays, and just, honestly, I was just having fun. Uh, that was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had playing football. Last year was a little different, and you were on the road, came up short, but right into it, that fourth down play in the fourth quarter. I, I'm sure some of those same feelings were coming up there, but it's a little different when you make all these big plays and you're greeted with silence as opposed to a roar from that carrier dome crowd, what was the experience like last year versus the year before? Yeah, I mean, last year is a lot different. I mean, you know, we gave them, a, we gave them all they had. 27-24 uh, came down to the wire, like you said, and they had that fourth down, but we also had uh, one of those fourth down conversions that ended up getting called back. I think it was a third or fourth down with the, the pop pass to Aaron Hackett, and they called linemen downfield, which is uh, I don't think they call that at the, the carrier dome, but um, it's just one of those things, you know, a play here and a play there, and it could have been a totally different outlook. Um, but, you know, it, it was very tough. You know, playing down at Death Valley is always hard. I mean, it's, you know, one of the loudest stadiums, one of the greatest places to play in college football. Um, but it was just electric, uh, really, on that last drive especially. I think that last hit I took from Xavier Thomas, and I'm still hearing ringing in my ears from the crowd making noise, so. Eric, uh, when you look at this Clemson team that's coming into the Dome on Saturday, I mean, we could sit here all day and list the terrific players, but there's a few that we've got to hone in on here. One, of course, is Trevor Lawrence. When he started last year and eventually got knocked out of that game, he had just taken over as the starter. Kelly Bryant eventually transferred. There was a lot of transition going on. To say the least, he settled in, won a national championship, and is now in his second year in what have you seen from him in terms of improvement and what this defense is up against in, in terms of defending him? What's the plan against a quarterback like that? I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's got a very high IQ. He's great pocket awareness. He's, I mean, his arm talent speaks for itself, and he's got great size. But I think the biggest thing for him is just the, the guys around him. I mean, for every quarterback, you're only as good as your best receiver. And he's got incredible talent around him, and he's got incredible talent in front of him blocking for him. He's giving him great time to make these reads and make these throws of these guys, making miraculous catches and able to get a bunch of yards after the catch. So um, that whole Clemson team, Coach Sweeney did a great job of just building it from the ground up and just kind of, establishing their dominance um, from, you know, the left guard to the, the receiver to the quarterback, running backs and everything. So, I think Syracuse might be in a, in a position here where you got to pick your poison. Either I throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at him, or I hone in on Travis Etienne because he's a threat in both the run game and the pass game. If you had to make that choice, and it's a tough one, who would you focus your resources on, the quarterback or the running back? Um, I think you got to focus on the running back. I mean, that guy can be electric, and if they get the running game going, then it opens up the passing game. So you got to stop one of them. I'm going to stop the run game. So it's going to be a tough challenge because, I mean, some, Coach, I think I saw a quote from Babers saying he's an NFL guy playing at the college level, and that's very true. He's just 
he's just a phenomenal athlete. He's got great breakaway speed, great vision, great cutting, and he can catch the ball as well, which is very dangerous for backs. Eric, can you uh, put into words what kind of weapon 49,000 people cheering for you at the top of their lungs could be on Saturday once that game kicks off at 7.30? I mean, it's huge. You, you saw what it did two years ago. Um, you saw what it did three years ago against Virginia Tech. It's just when, when that place is full, it's just like a, another defender on the field. It's like another offender, uh, offensive player, offensive weapon on the field. It's just so loud, and it's it's very electric and um I honestly think, it, like I said, I've said it multiple times, it's one of the greatest places, one of the greatest home field advantages in college football. Eric, uh, always appreciate your time and your insight, and we are looking forward to seeing you Friday night, big event at Destiny mm-hmm. USA's Canyon Area, the Football Brew Fest. We're going to have some fun, do a little Q&A, sign some autographs, a little football toss going on, maybe drink a couple of beers. It's going to be a good time. We can't wait to see you there, my friend. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Eric. We'll see you soon. That's Eric Dungey, ladies and gentlemen. He joins me every Wednesday here on The Block, presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical.